This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. It's The View from the Gladys Street. It's the Everton Fan Podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and what a difference a few days in football makes. A humiliating Merseyside derby defeat and the sacking of Marco Silva left Everton's season in tatters. But all that was forgotten on Saturday afternoon as the Blues secured a 3-1 victory at Goodison Park against Frank Lampard's Chelsea. My guests this evening are beaming from ear to ear as we sit down and discuss the events of the last few days. Let's introduce those guests. And first up, we have the return of Ben Crawford. How are you, Ben? I'm fine, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really good, certainly after Saturday's results. Defo. It's also the long-awaited return, and this time, of Gary Callahan. How are you, Gary? I'm good, mate. Thanks. Um, plenty to get through. Um, so much to talk about. I don't know if we're going to be able to fit it all in, but we will try our best. Ben, just please try and put into words what Saturday meant to you, and obviously what it meant to everyone involved at Everton Football Club just to get that victory over Chelsea uh, I think the way to go is essential to be honest I, I certainly didn't see that performance and result come before the game I thought we'd battle well and I thought we'd press for a long time but even really at half time when it was 1-0 I thought we might tie a second half and Chelsea's class will shine through but in the end it was just it was a real old school performance for me 4-4-2 lumping up to the strikers pressing angry football and you know what it, it worked wonders and long may continue for however long Ferguson's there or whoever comes in next because it's certainly a good a good point on the bad season we've had so far really. Um, Gary, just Ben's obviously just kind of tried to sum up his feelings there and how important it was. But how important was it for you? Just forget like the you know the impact of Ferguson, Ferguson being there. We're Everton were in a relegation zone before that game, weren't they? How important was it to get those three points on Saturday? It, it was massively important. It was vital, really. Um, but in saying that, it could mean nothing if, if we lose again on, on Sunday. Um, but it was it was massive for where we were and the way everyone was feeling, the way the club's been. It was it was massive. We, we had to... I mean, I'd say we, we had to perform, but we had to win, really, the way things have gone, and, and we did, and... It was it was vital. And it was unexpected, really, because okay, you know, you're coming off the back of a or two defeats. Well, a, a lot of defeats, really. What the first one against um, Leicester, second in the league, and then Liverpool humiliated, really, five two. So expectations, regardless of Ferguson being, you know, installed as caretaker manager, were at an all time low, weren't they? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't expect to get anything out of it, to be honest. Um, you knew what you were going to get with with Duncan in charge. You were going to get you know fight and, and determination, and I, I was expecting that, but I didn't expect us to win, to be honest. But you know, we, we got our just reward in the end. I think it was a hard fought, um, but well deserved win, to be honest. Chelsea have surprised everyone this season. Really, I think we all thought they'd struggle a little bit, like the likes of United and Arsenal have done. I never. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but in terms of the the big six, I mean, that's that's not been the case, has it? They've they've been solid. I'm not saying they've won every game, but obviously Lampard's, you know, got the fans on on board. The, the players seem to be buying into to to what he wants. So, you know, Chelsea, it it, it wasn't a give me a give me, was it? Absolutely not. No, to be fair, Chelsea was one of the worst opponents. I thought, I think I'd want as if I was Everton manager because. They are such. They got everything going for them at the moment. They are such a young side, attractive pressing football. A manager is a legend at the club, so all the fans are on side as well. They won't have a go at you. So I was concerned going into it to be honest, because I thought that Chelsea. I mean, when especially when I saw the lineup, I saw it, it was like a classic four four two. 
Uh, I was worried that Chelsea would sort of outdo us tactically, especially when they've got Abraham, Pulisic, players like that who can just score goals out at nothing. So to be fair, I, I was reasserting what Gary said then. I was surprised about the results because it was against Chelsea. But it just proves that no matter how bad we're playing, no matter sort of what run of form we're in, if Goodison gets behind if Goodison gets behind the players like that, especially sort of if it's an early kickoff or a late kickoff and it's a bear pit and people are fighting for every ball on the pitch, anything can happen. I mean Gary, it's, it has it has been a long few days, hasn't it? It's been a long week, you know, the Leicester game and the Liverpool game included in what I'm saying. But, you know, the humiliation of the Derby defeat kinda um overflowed into the next day, didn't it? We we were expecting the sacking of Marco Silva, which it did come, but it came late, didn't it? And you know, it it wasn't it wasn't great. And then for Everton to come out after Silva sacking and say Ferguson, Duncan Ferguson is is going to be in charge. What what was your first initial reaction? Because there was a you know I know Twitter's not really a barometer for for things. It, it can be, but what was your initial reaction to you know? an Everton coach of no real experience to, to be put in charge against Chelsea. I was I was quite pleased, to be honest. I mean, I know last time when, when Andre took over, it didn't go very well for him. But, you know, I think if 10 years ago or whatever it was, if we all sat here and imagined what a Duncan Ferguson Everton side would have been like and what we'd have expected from them, we got exactly that yeah. on, on against Chelsea. And, and, it, and it worked and, you know... The way the way things were, it couldn't have really got much worse. Do you know what I mean? But at least you knew you were going to get some fight out, out, out of a Duncan Ferguson side. And yeah, I, I mean, I was quite happy with it to be honest with you. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a long term thing. I don't think you know, it's it's going to like we're not going to start playing free flowing football and you know start climbing the table. But we'll we'll fight for every point and we'll fight for every ball. And and you know, I. I I think even if he stayed it till the end of the season, I don't think we'll get relegated because we'll fight for everything with him. I mean, the decision to appoint Ferguson as caretaker, at least um, for the the, che- the Chelsea game, what was your what was your take on it? Because Unsworth's been in charge in in situations yeah. like this, and you know, certain games it, it did work for him, certain games it just it didn't work. So, was it a case of Unsworth kind of had his chance, or was it a matter of well? Duncan Ferguson gets the Everton fans. Let's get him in charge. Yeah, I think, to be fair, I think David Unsworth gets the Everton fans as well. Um, I think he was put in a little bit more of a difficult position than Ferguson because, like I've alluded to in previous pocket, I don't actually think the squad that he's picking from is that bad. I know we've got injuries, but I don't think it was bad last time where he had three number 10s and no, and no wingers. But I think with Ferguson, the difference is, yeah, he gets the club maybe a bit more, a bit more passion on the touchline. But I think you've got to wait to see two or three more games if if he gets that because, you know, David Unsworth, anyone are thinking that coaching staff could get Everton up for one game, especially a game of Goodison like that. They could get it, the crowd up for it. But I think it all depends. If he goes to Man United and he gets something, then excellent. And I think we'll be having a different conversation about who's going to be the next manager. But, you know, it is only one game and we've got to be careful that we don't overdo this because even Ferguson himself has said... You know, we need a top-class manager to come in. And all it's done for me, though, it has reaffirmed that Duncan Ferguson, all this talk about him being sort of through four managers and that he should leave the club, it's absolute nonsense. He's got a job on that coaching staff at any level, whatever it may be, for his insight, because he can come in and do a job like he did on Saturday. But, yeah, just uh, on Unsworth, I don't think he's going to get 
a job like Everton until he goes away and proves it elsewhere, to be honest. Do you agree with that, Gary? Yeah, I think... I'm, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, but Ferguson works with the first team as well, doesn't he? So the players, first team players, probably know him a bit better and, and he sort of knows them a bit better as well. So, um, But I agree, definitely agree that he, he's got a better squad to pick from this time. We're not as imbalanced as we were last time. And, you know, I, I think... <sighs> We we have been sort of lacking a bit of quality under Marco Silva, but we've definitely been lacking fight, and and you know we had that in abundance against Chelsea. And you know I'm not saying we're a better team than Chelsea, but you know we've we've got half decent players when when they want to play, and that's come to the fore as well. You know what I mean? I mean I know a couple of the goals weren't great, but to score three goals against against Chelsea, a team we generally don't do very well against, I think I, I we just. We don't want to get carried away, but we can't complain about that performance. It was exactly what we needed, really. I mean, there was a lot of like sad stories to, to the actual game itself. Okay, we won three one and we got the got the three points, but you know, just it's going to be like it's going to go down as a okay. It's only one game, but it's going to go down as a, a great day for the club, isn't it? You know, another Ferguson Ferguson memory for for the fans. You know, the celebrations, the with the ball boy. You know, the passion, the, the love that he's shown for the club. Even the stories that have come out since. You know. The wristband, obviously, that he had on it was obviously noticeable. How Kendall's watch? How Kendall's watch? Yeah, again, you know, sad stories to the overall, you know, theme and, and narrative of the actual day. What, what, what did you make of all that? You know what? I've got to be honest. I've obviously been season ticket old now for about ten years, but that's probably one of the most enjoyable games that I've witnessed at all. Obviously, I was there in the days of David Moyes when we used to beat big teams at home. We used to hang on for the last twenty minutes just lump everything out the box and they were great as well because it felt like the whole team was pulling together but it felt different on Saturday I, I, I had to keep pinching myself and keep saying to myself sort of calm myself down say this it's one game Ferguson's probably not going to be here for the next home game let alone anything else but just enjoy the moment and more than anything enjoy the three points because like Gary alluded to before the three points was was vital and I think regardless of anything else that three points at the end of the season could be more important than the performance itself but without doubt, it'll it's one of them games that'll be remembered pretty much forever at Everton. And I'm sure Duncan Ferguson will be exactly the same, whether for however long he's here with Everton inside the club, he'll never forget that day, just as I won't. Is, is that the one thing that Silva was missing from his, you know, his personality, Gary, or his, his demeanour, you know? When we did score, you know, he, he did celebrate and he did show a bit of passion, but, you know, Ferguson's obviously there. He's, he, you know, he's an Everton man, but he, he's... He's took it up a notch, hasn't he? And the crowd have responded. Yeah, to definitely. That. I think they spoke about that on the last podcast. That Silver just like, I mean, I wouldn't say he wasn't he wasn't bothered, but he, he didn't show that much emotion. He, like he didn't strike me as the type of manager who could, you know, get the players up for the, up for games. And players should get themselves up for games. I think they're just maybe not just as much to blame, but they are to blame as well. If they can do it for Duncan, why couldn't he go out and do it for Silver? Do you know what I mean? But obviously he's got something about him that, that Mark well we know what he's got about him that, that Marco Silver didn't. But um yeah I think amongst a lot of other things that were Marco Silver's downfalls, I think trying to get the players up for games, I don't think he was he was very an inspirational character, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I mean should Silver feel disappointed from the reaction of the um the players and what Sil- and Ferguson's managed to get out of them on Saturday, or should he literally just take full responsibility for for not being able to motivate these players since the beginning of the season? I think it's difficult because it happens absolutely everywhere. There's nothing unique about this situation to it to Everton. It happens at every single club. Manager leaves, they get a boost. One manager gets something more out of them. I, I, personally, I think 
uh, it's probably more down to the actual setup of the team, really, and the fans getting on side because of that. You know, when you saw four four two on the team sheet, you know there were plenty of people thinking, "Oh God, we're a bit open, we're a bit exposed." But when you watched it and you saw Everton the first ten twenty minutes, especially after the early goal, fighting and battling for every single ball, that gets the crowd up, which then has got to have an effect on the players. With Marco Silva, all this passing out from the back, he was doing to sort of integrate a more fluid system. It was sort of boring, as I think in the end, and you know fans. As fickle as they can be, they respond to how the team are doing on the pitch. So if Everton are playing ticky-tacky football, not really getting anywhere, and then we're losing the 50-50s, they'll start being moans from the fans and things like that, and then there's a perceived lack of passion. Ferguson's told them to go out there. He's not told to go out there, play Chelsea off the park. He's told there to go and battle and fight. And whether it's right or wrong, the fans get behind that, and that's at any club race. So I'm not. it doesn't really come into it what Silver thinks because although we wish him all the best in the future he's not here now and we've, we're supporting our football club and whatever gets the results in is, is fine with me I mean the high line Ben and, and the <coughs> you know the, the high line and the playing out from the back on was just non-existent yeah. on, on Saturday and Absolutely. the 4-4-2 as much as it has perceived to be you know old school whatever, it, it seemed to benefit the majority of, of the players on the pitch for Everton? Well, the only thing for me is, and I've harped on about this for a few years, the last team that I know played similarly to we did the other the other day, the last team that played 4-4-2 direct football was Leicester City in 2000, and I think it was 2015-16. That, it, it's that much of a different animal for teams to come up against. It's almost that out of fashion. It's almost coming back into fashion because it works. Because, you know, every team in the land... Even like to Brighton now, that's why they've got Graham Potter and etc. They're all trying to play this perceived brand of unbelievable total football, like passing out from the back and short passing and fluidity. Going back to basics and just getting the ball up the pitch, taking that anxiety away from the crowd, especially for Everton when Jordan Pickford's passing the ball out to Yeri Mean and Michael Keane, well, Holgate on Saturday. You know, it's it, it just takes something away for the fans to not worry about so the ball gets up the pitch. And while you're battling for the ball in the other end of the pitch, it just it's a lot more it's a lot calmer, I think, for the fans to watch. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see more teams going back to it in a time of need, to be honest. I mean, as Gary, as long as I've been an Everton fan, I've, I've never known, you know, calls for us or the fans to be playing, you know, possession based, ticky tacky style style of play. And I'm not saying, you know, that was full on silver style of play, but we don't we don't expect that, and we really, as Ben kind of said, there it is a little bit boring. We don't want that. We want you know blood, thunder, sweat, and tears type type football. You know we don't care if it's a long a long ball up the pitch that scores a goal. I mean for for God's sake, Liverpool have scored about three or four long long past just against no, Everton. Definitely, exactly. definitely. I mean no one was complaining when Calvert Lewin nutmeg Kepper at the end where he no. from six yards out because he didn't kill one in from the edge of the box. A goal is a goal at the end of the day and I think the way we set up and the way we played, um, it suited the team. Like and, and there was a game plan, you know, I heard people saying at the end that or over over the weekend that we only had thirty percent possession. But Ferguson came out and said we were trying to hit them on the break. So we don't want possession if we're trying to hit them yeah. on the break. We want to take it off them high up the pitch or, you know, and it hit the ball over the top for Theo Walcott to run to or get balls into the box for Rich Allison and, and, and it worked and, and we, we, I've said all along, and, and I know other people who've been on the podcast, have, that there didn't seem to be a game plan under Marco Silva. And I know we've only played one game under Ferguson, but at least it seemed like there was a game plan. And he came out afterwards and, and explained what he was trying to do. 
Um, but as far as playing beautiful football goals, it wouldn't bother me one one little bit. The whole time I've watched Everton, we've never played Barcelona-style football, and it never bothered me. I mean, I think there's only one team in the Premier League who's capable of doing that, and that's Manchester City. And look at the players they've got. Mm. Even even Liverpool don't like you just said they don't play total football, do they? They, they do what suits them. They get the ball up the park quick. They, they pressure high and. Like I don't think the Premier League is is suited to that. It it doesn't work, and and Marco Silva's Everton was a prime example of that. It just it didn't work. I mean, for the the most pleasing thing for me, you know, obviously apart from just the, the result in general, was the fact that Ferguson, you know, he set up so to adapt to his players' strengths. I mean, you only have to look at the likes. Of just just as one example, Dominic Carver Lewin had probably had his best game for Everton. Scored two goals. Probably should have had a, had a hat trick. He won every header now we we didn't just hoof it long every time there was some you know balls in, into the wing that Theo Walcott was running onto. you know that's fast paced style of football that Everton fans want isn't it yeah it's and it's like you just said it suits the players I mean Calvert-Lewin he's good in the air he's good you know he bullies defenders and and, and that's what he's good at and that's what we played to we weren't you know he, he can hold the ball up a bit we, we weren't asking him to do things he's not capable of we were, we played to his strengths and, and it showed and you know Ferguson's coached them for, for two or three years hasn't he, he said after the game how, how close they are and he obviously knows his strengths and he's played to his strengths and I don't think under Silva and I'll keep going back to Silva but we weren't we didn't have the team to play the football he, he was trying to play and like we played to our strengths on 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 Saturday and and it worked and and it worked especially for Calvert Lewin. Just on Dominic Calvert Lewin, then he's he took <laughs> he takes a lot of criticism, doesn't he? From um, me especially. From, from, yeah, from to you, be honest, from, I wasn't as big as fan either. To be fair, I'm, I'm still not. I'm not getting involved in the loving yet. Like I've has he not been you over then on that on that performance? Uh, in terms w- of what what I mean is, I'm not just saying just based on that performance, but you can see where he could actually develop into a really mm. really good probably. Probably not even a striker, just a centre forward, more of a player. If that mm. makes if that makes sense. Yeah, just behind, maybe knocking the ball on. Yeah. I mean, I'm like I say, I'm not getting involved in the Dominic Carver Loon loving just yet because, yeah, he was fantastic the other day. Probably the best performance I've seen from him. But he's got to do it consistently. That that's the crux of it for me. It doesn't matter if you have one off brilliant game. He's got to be consistent. You no, know, don't get me wrong. If he goes on now and he gets 15 goals by the end of the season, which is what really should be aiming for if he's playing the games he is. If he's going to be a top player, then fine. I'll hold my hands up and say, yeah, get him in the team. He's great. But until he does that, I am still going to be critical. You know, we've seen players a lot worse than Dominic Calvert-Lewin have games like that where they've been fantastic. You know, we've seen Jelovic do it and he tailed off. We've seen Strachan Lacey tear Chelsea apart one game. So, and yeah, as much as I'm not getting involved in, in any kind of too much praise for him yet, good positive sign. If he keeps it up, I'll be straight behind because I like the lad. I think he works hard and he's, you know, we've, he's grace to watch. But it's goals at the end of the day. He's got to score goals. And if he keeps doing that, I'll be happy. I mean, you kind of said there, Gary, that you weren't Calvert-Lewin's biggest fan. So is he, can he be the one to take us forward on, on that display and, you know, consistent-wise? I, I don't know. I think one performance, you know, you, you can't really, really... I mean, everyone was up for the game, wasn't he? So... Um, I, I don't know, maybe it was just his day. I've never been his biggest fan, to be honest. But, um, you know, he did he did bully those two. Defense. I mean, we had Kurt Zuma last season and he has got a mistake in him. But, <laughs> he, you he know... He credited Ferguson, didn't he, though, with the advice yeah, and, you know... He, he did he did play well. He did bully the defenders. But I think it, it's got to be more consistent. Like, I think that's the first time in his career he scored two goals in a Premier League game. Um, and he's played something like 92 Premier League games now. So, 
you know, it's not it's not great for a centre forward, really, is it? Um, I, I I agree with Ben. He's been hampered by the you know the style of play that the previous manager. Maybe yeah. Maybe, I mean you know look at Tolson under Aldice. He, he was scoring goals, wasn't he? You know what I mean? Because he played to his strengths. Not that I'm saying get some Aldice back, but you <laughs> know Tolson for that matter. Yeah, I think <laughs> everyone needs to you know to be given the tools to do the job, really, don't they? And you know maybe. A, a different style of play will suit him and he will come good because you know obviously the last few managers we've had they've all seen something in him do you know what I mean he, he's been kept on we didn't sign a striker and well we signed Keane but we didn't sign you know a, a ready made striker to go and take his place because they said it would hinder his, his development so they obviously see something in him I personally don't but you can't argue with the way he played on, on Saturday well let's hope he proves both of you wrong <laughs> I'm happy with that yeah if it proves me wrong Chris yeah I'd be happy with that too um, Sadibi's bounce back performance then, as oh. I'm going to call it. You know, he was probably he was poor in the derby, wasn't he? But you know, we, no worse we than all, four or five ultras, no, though, no, was he? They were all poor, but he was he was held off, wasn't he? So he was kind of made a bit of a scape, scapegoat. Yeah. And then you could argue he was man of the match against Chelsea. Absolutely. Really, plenty of candidates, absolutely. But I mean, what didn't help him obviously in the derby was a stupid high line that we were playing. Um, but it, you know, regardless of that, we're not we're not even talking about the derby. We're talking about Chelsea. He. Was definitely in the top three um, outstanding yeah. performers against I, Chelsea. Yeah, I gave him man of the match despite Cavaloon's heroics. Obviously, me being me, I put Cavaloon second. <laughs> um, but you know, he's still got some work to do to win me around. But no, I thought going forward he was effective and defensively he was solid, and that's all you can want from a full back, really. Especially when you've got such quality on the other side, Luca Dean. But it's a strange one with City because every time he has a game like that, I think. Right, well, we've got an agreement to buy him for 12 million or whatever. Go out and get him. Yeah, he's the, he's the right back for us going forward. But then I do see games and think, oh, I don't know, keep the powder dry and don't go for it. Because I just think he is the hallmark of a Marco Silva. He's very inconsistent. Mm. But I'll, I do like him. And he's, yeah, he's head and shoulders above Coleman for me. He needs to keep, he should keep Coleman out team till the end of the season while we make a decision on him. But he was absolutely fantastic. And even in the second half, the amount of battles he was winning, and I don't so much worry about him even in our own box, like putting a foot in. He seems to know when and when not to put a foot in and when to sort of leave a foot in. But he was brilliant. Again, it's another one of them. It's like Cavaloon's consistency. Anyone who keeps up that level of performance from Saturday, you know, they're winning in my book. But it's proof's in the pudding, isn't it? He's got to be consistent. Are you a fan of Sadiwi? Yeah, I like him. Um, I was quite happy when we signed him, to be honest. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hard to come into a team that's not doing well, isn't it? Your, your first season, and especially when you've replaced the club captain. Um, but I think he's done well in the games I've seen him in. I like him. I, I didn't know we had an agreement to sign him at the end of the season, but if we have, then I'd, I'd have him. I think he's a good player. Final word on the Chelsea game then. Um, I mean, Gary, just this stat that I picked out, I think it was... Shown on match of the day as well. Everton won 37 tackles out of 60 attempted. It's the most Premier League team has made since the start of 2016-17. Is that the difference from, you know, from when Ferguson took over to... You know, I think so, it. yeah. I mean, you have got you can look at it two ways. You can say, you know, 37, we've won 37 challenges, we're winning the ball back. Are we winning back in good places or should we really have to be making 37 challenges in a game? Mm. But, you know, according to, to, to all reports, we were winning the ball in good places and, and and that's why we were, you know, we were pressing them and taking the ball off them. Um, I think statistics, you can make them say whatever you want them to really. But, you know, I personally didn't go on, on Saturday, but people I've spoke to have said we were winning the ball in good areas and, and, you know, it's obviously a good thing. So, yeah, 
like we were supposed to have a high press under Marco Silva, but if that's the most we've made in, I think in like you've just said in ten years or whatever it is, or maybe even longer. So yeah, it's definitely it's something that that we've wanted to see, and 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 that it's a good thing. Yeah. Final word on Chelsea, Ben. Blood, blood, gut, thunder. <laughs> That's all I can say, the three words and then dogs of war. It's just all those sorts of things remedy back, battling for every ball, lumping the ball up proper old school style. Loved every minute. Okay, well, um, we could sit here and talk about the Chelsea performance all day, I'm sure, but um, there's so much more to talk about. Um, United on Sunday, obviously, but obviously there's a, a huge, you know, huge talking point in terms of the shortlist for the next manager and I'm going to ask the lads who they want or who they think we will get. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I mean, just quickly, well, not quickly, but, you know, just before we um, before we talk about the shortlist, do you want the new manager in place as soon as or are you, Gary, are you going to be happy for Ferguson to take charge for the you know, the short-term future. When I say the short-term future, I mean probably taking into account United, Leicester and Arsenal, those three games. I, I'm, I'm more than happy to wait this time because, you know, this is a massive decision. Now, they've got to get it right this time. Mm. Um, obviously, that depends on how things go in the next few games. But it, even if, you know, even if we lose the next few games and, 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 and we, we give a performance like we did against Chelsea, I, I'd be happy. It, you know, I don't expect anything out of these games. So, it, it's not what I'm going to judge our season on. I think the second half of the season... Is where it's going to count when we play the teams we've lost to again. When we play like Sheffield United, Norwich teams like that, we've got to get points off them. Um, I just want to see a performance against these these other teams. Um, so I'd be happy to wait because personally, I don't think the people we've been linked with so far are, are what I would want for Everton in the future. So I, I'd keep Duncan in charge and, and make a make the right appointment this time. I mean, Ben, there's probably there's whole host of scenarios, but there's two yeah. that I'll, I'll give you. You know. Ferguson does stay in charge at least to the United game and maybe even the Leicester game because it's you know early on the it's it's midweek um, next week he does really well um, wins say the, the the two of them um, but then there's also the statue then well exactly yeah <laughs> but there's also the risk of you know he takes the next two or three games and it just it quickly turns it it goes a bit pear shaped despite the performance and the win against Chelsea we are still playing three top teams in United, Leicester and Arsenal and we lose all three of them and obviously we, there's, I don't think there's any chance of fans turning on Ferguson's back absolutely not but you know the club have had ample time to, to get this re, um, manager in really because it, you know Silva's sacking was, was on the cards wasn't it, it, was, it the writing was on the <coughs> wall so for me I'd, I would suggest that the manager needs to be in as soon this new manager yeah, needs to be in as soon as possible, really. Ferguson's come out himself um, and said doesn't want it, does he? he well, he's I, nervously sort of he knows that if he keeps winning he'll have no choice, mm. but you know, he doesn't want it, does he knows he's not ready. Mm. But so what what would you suggest then for you, Ferguson, carries it on or just get this manager in as soon as? Well, I actually think the Chelsea game muddied the water a little bit with this because I agree with you. Silver's been on walking on tight for me for probably two months. I mean, when was it Connor was sat here after the Burnley game was it saying he I had mean, to go? I you could probably say the Norwich game was when you thought the writing was Absolutely, but 
even like I say, I, I'm, I know I'm re- repeating myself, but even going back to that time when just before the West Ham game, he was under a lot of pressure. Then mm. were we not tap, not tapping people up? That's the wrong word. Creating a short but were we not creating a shortlist and find the availability out to some managers because it seems to be every other team sacks a manager, gets another one in. I mean, Watford took three days. I mean, don't get me wrong, they've got Nigel Pearson, and I don't want to go into that because they're going down now because of that but it still didn't that take them limitation for them oh, it, it, it still didn't take them long though did it to get it just baffles me that every time you think Everton are going to live in the mistakes they don't they seem to take but what Ferguson has done he's given them that right now I've got no problem with it you know for me after that result of the day I'd give Ferguson the United game definitely give him the Leicester game after that and then maybe the Arsenal game then maybe you look at getting the new manager in the week before the Burnley game so that maybe he's got a little bit of a better run fixtures I think it's the fixtures though I was going to say the, yeah the fixtures have like, dictated what manager they? would have wanted to take that no on one. as the first six games is what we had the way we were playing it's, I mean it's easy for us to sit here and say why didn't he get this why didn't he get that but there's obviously a reason why and yeah. they can't afford to mess this next appointment up they need to get the right man in I mean we, we could get a, a caretaker manager to the end of the season but we've got we've got people within the club already who can do that. I don't think it's as easy as, as it sounds to just to just get a new manager. I mean, especially when you look at the people we've been linked with. I don't think... I mean, you look at that Pereira or, or whoever it is, he's managed the same club, Marco Silva managed them, pretty much won the same trophies Marco Silva won. Mm. And, you know, look how he did. I think we, we need to make sure it's the right man this time. I mean, reports are suggesting that Farad Mishiri and Bill Kenwright have, have drawn up a four-man shortlist um, Who's on it? Oh, that's the question. Well, Guardiola, Klopp. <laughs> oh, I don't want you getting Klopp, no chance. Imagine. Well, <laughs> from what from what I've read and the reports that we're hearing, and you know, from what I've been told as well, it's Emery, who's was in talks. Um, what we read today, Pereira, yeah. Angelotti, and I think Moyes is, you know, still still on that. So I'd I'd suggest they're the four. But, but you, you, you're not you based on that. You just, you're just, you're, that's the four that you think. It and you think from reports, how, yeah. how okay. can we go from Carlo Ancelotti to no disrespect to him, but to David Moyes? It's like, is that a, a genuine? Do you think the club? Mad, like, I don't want to like be disingenuous to the club, but do you think they're just coming out with these names and then? Yeah, say, it's like, I remember when we got linked with Alan Shearer all them years ago, and there was no chance we were ever going to get him, was there? You know mm. what I mean? I, I don't know. I think until we hire someone, I, I, I couldn't really give you, give you the an opinion on it to be honest because we've 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 had so many managers in that in the last couple of years and and it hasn't I mean when we when Coleman was hired we all thought oh yeah you know we're going to go on and do things and and we didn't and it it just needs to be the right decision I think it needs to be to be the needs to be given time to do it um especially because in my opinion the the next run of games we, we were never going to get anything out of them anyway, whether we had Silver in charge or yeah. whether we've got a caretaker manager. I'm not saying we won't, but, you know, when you look at them, does it does it really matter if, if, if we don't get anything out of them? Because I didn't expect us to. So I would add, I'd sort of just, the next few games, the bonus points if we get anything out of them. And then, like, like Ben said, you know, when the fixtures maybe get a little bit easier, things might be a bit clearer on who we can actually get and get someone for the long term who's going to actually stay this time and, and, and do a, a proper job on it, do you know what I mean? I mean, Angelotti, like, just let's go through, let's go through the names then, as as has been said. The, like I say, this is not confirmed, but you know, we know um, Everton have talked to Emery and he's kind of turned it down. We know Pereira's been in talks, don't know really what's going on with Angelotti, but we know we're meant to be interested in him. So let's start with Angelotti. He, he, he's in the middle of a Champions League campaign with Napoli, you know, they're on the verge of qualifying. 
is he going to want to come to to Goodison? He's not going to touch you with a barge pole with all due respect to Evan, is he? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm as blue as they come, but there's no way he's even going to pick the phone up. I mean, Carlo Ancelotti, if he was the next Everton manager... Money talks, then, though. I mean, yeah, money talks, but I don't believe for one minute no one else will give him the kind of money. I mean, the amount of jobs that will become unavailable, mm. especially the Arsenal jobs available, and that's a bigger job than Everton at the moment, you know. <sighs> Listen, it'd be a dream capture to get him, but... We, that's me head, you know, me head saying one thing, me heart saying another, me head saying he's not even going to pick the phone up to us, to be honest, mate. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think we've got much chance of... I mean, I, I people were telling me the other day we've been linked with Simeone. There's there's no, no chance, chance that... I mean, I know we've got money to offer them, but why would they leave Champions League clubs to come to... I mean, and I know I've just said we, we might not get anything from the next four or five games. We could be like dead bottom by that time, do you know what I mean? I, I just can't see it. That's the thing. I don't know who we're going to get because... You look at the big names who you you jump at, I can't see us realistically getting them. And then the other names we've been linked with, they're much of a muchness, really. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're not, I don't think they're going to do any better than what Marcos... Well, they will do. They might do better than what Marcos over there, but I don't think they're going to get us where, as Everton fans, we've, we've wanted to Aspired be the, the last few years. I mean, next one then, Vita Pereira, like kind of a, a left-field one that came out straight after Marco Silva had been sacked. I know. Um, he'd... Been linked with the club when we appointed Martinez. As far as I know, we he interviewed for the job. Yeah. No confirmation on why he didn't get the job. Whether he, he so just didn't it was get language it. language barrier wasn't. It, I know that was that yeah. could be the case, but he may have turned it down himself. He just went went for, went along for the interview. But he's in China. I mean, he's on thirty million pound a year. I know Ben. I didn't know this, but you said that his contract's up now. Apparently his contract, not up now, it's he, it's running out he's soon. He's in negotiations, apparently, and he's for a new one. Yeah. But he's on £30 million a year, ever, mm. and surely are not going to match £30 million a year for Vita Pereira. Money's not everything, though. I mean, I said to you before, didn't we, off air, I said, you know, at the end of the day, if he's a young, ambitious manager, he's going to want to test himself in Europe. You know, although it sounds good on paper and we all think, oh, £30 million, some managers actually value the careers and maybe maybe he's one of them you know he's never managed in England before and I do think it's a very interesting name because it's a very divisive name because I know I don't think you're too keen on him either you're not sure I, whether not or not he's not the keen. right man but I just think it's a, it's a massive risk I mean it is a risk he's managed a lot of teams and I just like you know I'm just looking at them now since 2002, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think seven, he's he's won 12, the twelve, twelve clubs. Yeah, he's won the cup with the best teams in the league, hasn't he? I think he won the league with Olympiacos, but I could probably win the league well, with Olympiacos. Porto, he did okay, didn't yeah. he? Because obviously Porto aren't the big club in Portugal's Benfica, so he did well to win two on the bounce there. But I know what you mean. I think Has he won league as well. He's won two league titles, hasn't he? I think with Porto. See, that's fine if he's going to come in for. And win trophies. I know that's impossible to say. I don't think, yeah. you know, it is impossible to say. But for the amount of clubs that he's managed, for me, that smacks of someone being a bit of a mercenary and just, you know, jumps from club to club. Prove Quite it clearly, this contract. We, keep, we keep going on about a manager who's going to be here for the long haul and in a project. For me, that's not that's not the candidate for no, him. No. I'm not saying he's a bad manager. I just think it's, it's a left field one and, and it's a massive risk he could you know stay with us for six months do really well and then be you know but at least I think off. then at least we'd be in a better position than we are now I think it's, it's, I know I completely honestly really agree with you it is a, yeah it could <laughs> listen but then I think you've got Ferguson who could I think Ferguson's always going to be there to come in and fight the fire if you need to that's why for me we need to stay away from David Moyes because I think Ferguson can do an ample job keeping us up and stabilising us Pereira's a big risk but I've always said this I'd rather we he's not risk young it. Anymore. You know, he's 51 as a manager. That's not, I wouldn't say that's young now. 
I'm not telling me that. That'll be good. Cause about 50 no, but I mean, you know, young <laughs> managers that you're saying. No, you're I know. Yeah, I know. Manager, it's like, it, you'd suggest it's like 38 to 40. He's, you know, just starting out in his career. Yeah. He's been, he's been around the field in, in, in European football for a while. And looking at the clubs, it's very similar clubs to what Marco Silva has, has Out managed. of the two names left on the list, um, I'm probably going to upset you too, but I'd have Moise ahead of him. At least Moise has got Premier League experience. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just as got experience less of a risk and more of a... Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, we get Moyes in and he doesn't do well. We sack him after six months. We get Pereira in, he doesn't do well. We sack him after six months. We're in the same boat. But I just think Moyes has got more chance of coming in and, and you know, galvanising the team. And, uh, I mean, th- there was there was smacks of a Moyes performance on, on Saturday. We, we fought and we played and, you know, we, we're not the best team in the league, but we used our attributes... You know, we, we, we play to our strengths. Um, I just think if Pereira comes in and wants to try and do the same thing as Marco Silva with this philosophy, it's just not going to work. And then we're going to end up in exactly the same situation that we're in now. I mean, let's let's move on to Moyes then because you talked about him. If he was to come in, I'm not saying this is going to be the case, but, you know, Ferguson's hinted that he'd love to be the assistant manager, learn from, you know, take on more responsibility, you know, which could include anything from, you know, speaking to the media, media, um, you know, foot, more footballing duties. Would Moyes have Ferguson as assistant manager? I mean, I know they've yeah. had differences in the past. I think that they're over that now, but two massive personalities there. I think, to be fair, if David Moyes got told he had, to, you know, he had to have, like, Rafa Benitez as assistant manager, I think he'd do it because... Well, there's I a think name that I'd have, Rafa. Benitez. Yeah, he's not the list, but I mean, his stock for me, David Moyes. I appreciate what he did at Everton the first time round. You know, likable guy, and he's you know he's had a decent career. But his record since he left Everton is shocking. And if we, I, I know you say there about Pereira's record, Moyes is worse. Mm. Like Moyes took over a Sam Allardyce team and got them relegated first time round. So he picked up something quite solid and just blew it apart. I mean. I, I like, like I say, I can't reassure it enough. I like David Moyes when he was here, and I get behind him, especially if Ferguson or Tim Cale were in, was his assistant. I get behind him if he come back, but I think it's a massive, massive step back. And as I was, tra- you know, was alluding to before, it's if it's going to be the case of playing safe and getting David Moyes, and I'll take a risk. I take a risk because I think if worse comes to worse, you can get Ferguson or someone in to keep us up. I just, I'd rather take the risk than stand still and do nothing. So you're a no on Moyes then? <laughs> uh, I'm on the fence. <laughs> I mean, th- th- we've talked about the three there, and the, the, the you know the fourth that is meant to be on that shortlist is Unai Emery. Um, supposedly, he's turned it down anyway. He said he doesn't want the Everton job, so that's what. We're, but I'm just looking on um, the next manager, next permanent manager odds. Ferguson has now moved to five to two favourite. Unai Emery seven to two, um, second favourite. David Moyes third favourite now four to one, and Vita Pereira now at nine to two. Um, so, you know, it's 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 a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, Rafa Benitez there, Gary, who is actually on Monday Night Football tonight, it'd be interesting to see what he's <laughs> got to say about it all. I'm sure he won't give too much away, but 16 to 1. I've said time and time again over the past couple of weeks, I would have him in right now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's proven, isn't he? And, I mean, I'd, I would, I'd, I'd snap your hand off if, if we were offered him. But I just think it's just, it's a tough one because we, we don't know, you know, what's what's speculation and who we have actually spoken to and I just think out of the names that have been mentioned you know I think Nico Kovac won the league with, with Bayern Munich but that's not like everyone wins the league with Bayern exactly and then he, 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 I think he's the third this season um, so you know 
he's managed one good team for for one season. Um, Unai Emery, all right, he's done well in the past with with Sevilla and and I think a few a few other teams he's managed. He's done all right with. But Arsenal, you know, you know, he came to the Premier League still, and the Premier League well fans people out, wasn't he? Um, and he got found out in the Premier League. Would he not? I mean? Would Emery not not be wanting to like employ a, a similar style of play to what Silver? We need something completely different. From I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I our defence is has been shocking, and Arsenal's is probably worse than ours. Mm. Um, so you know he's not actually going to come in and tighten us up, is he? Do you know what I mean? Are you are you f- for for more using now nah, then for uh, six out months? of the names that have been mentioned? Yeah, I think you know give him six months and see how it, or and if, if it goes well, then why why not? You know what I mean? I mean. I don't. I'm not asking him to to go and play silky football. Just do what he did last time, and I'll be happy. I think so, uh, Graham said it last week about taking our blue tinted glasses off. We, you know, look where we are. Like we 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 can't all of a sudden go out and expect to get a manager who's going to jump us into the top four. Mm. We need to sort of like rebuild and get a bit of stability back again. And you know, I know they say like never go back, and I I can understand where where other blues are coming from saying don't don't take him back again. But I I wouldn't have David Moyes. If there was a, if Rafa Benitez would take the job tomorrow, I'd take You're him. Just trying to be realistic. But yeah, out you? of the names that have been mentioned, at least we know what we'll get from Moisey. Do you know what I mean? What? What? Who do you want then, Ben? Uh, Ideally, can I pick someone off? Can I pick someone that's not on the list as well? Well, I mean, he's not that far down the bed. Don't worry, I'm not going to say like Pep Guardiola. Is it Galado? It's Galado, mate. I think River Plate manager. Yeah, again, that's a, that's a very difficult one to sell. A bit like Ancelotti, ten to one. Yeah, apparently. but it's, it's well, he was like one to four at one point, wasn't he? But Betting's Betting's different because Sky Bet is just trying to get everyone's money off and by saying all kinds. But for me, that's the name that I've got that I want because I don't. Again, I think it's going to be a hard sell. I don't think he's going to even pick up the phone to. It's a bit like Ancelotti, but if he's looking to take his first steps in European football, I would take a chance you know why and it is again a chance but you know today top, oh, I've just said the Tottenham thing there I've like today it is to do but it's true you they his wins you've got to you know these managers don't come out of nowhere they're all top managers they've got to start somewhere and he's apparently he's got a statue built outside the River Plate Stadium because he's the most successful manager ever and I know again he I say it's going to be a hard time. sell but you know what if you can convince him to get out of Argentina and get to Europe I'd have him all day long because he can learn English like Pochettino did. He didn't speak English and he plays, again, I'm not saying like it's a particular brand of football, but from what I've read, he plays tenacious football and he's very flexible tactically. And I just think someone like that would be, be a bit exciting for me. And he could maybe even bring in Ferguson as assistant. I might not, but that kind of combination of a bit of passion and a bit of tactical now, that could be what we're after. So he'd be the name for me, although I do unfortunately think it's going to be Moise. <laughs> It's exciting, isn't it, talking about the, all these mm. new managers? It won't be when Moyes is standing there with the scarf. I mean, for me, regardless whether Ferguson is the assistant or not, he's still going to be at the club. He's employed Absolutely. by the club, yeah, isn't he? he? You know, he's not going to be part of this, you know, a new management team. He, he may well be, but he'll still be. He's a club employee, basically. Absolutely. He'll probably still be there if when the new manager goes, you, you know, in the future. You never know. In three months. Don't say that. <laughs> well, we'll finish off now, but one interesting question which I wanted to ask both of you because, you know, it's quite clear that despite all, the, you know, the talk of Mishiri, who should not point the next manager, he's quite clearly going to be the one to say, well, he is going to be the next manager, whoever it is. Where does Marcel Brands fit into all this then? Because he, you know, as far as we know, 
<coughs> is in charge and running of all football operations at the club. Should that not mean then he's in charge of hiring, firing the football manager? I don't think solely in charge. I mean, I could go back to to things that I, I, I think about Marcel Brandt. I don't particularly think he's covered himself in glory, especially this summer with some of the plays he signed. And like Graham said last week, some of the plays he didn't sign. Um, but if 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 yeah if, if he's in charge of the overall sporting side of things and you know he's going to be buying players to fit a philosophy, I hate that word. I don't think football should have, if you win football games. That's my philosophy. Mm. Um, then yeah, he should pick pick the manager um, or at least help pick the manager. Um, but you know, Mashiri, it, it's his club at the end of the day, really, isn't it? So you know, it it it's it his right to to pick the who's going to run it for him. Um, I don't know. I just think it at the minute. I couldn't say who who it's going to be or who's going to pick him or whatever. I'm just I'm I'm lost for words on it. Really, to be honest with you, I mean it is exciting picking out these names and stuff, but I just I don't know really. I'll see when it happens. <laughs> you never know without him. I mean Ben Mashiri. The pressure is well and truly on Mashiri for this you know, for this um, situation because regardless of what anyone says despite all the good that he's done at the club, he's had three failed permanent managers. Obviously, you got Koeman, he, it was his man. He brought Allardyce in and he headhunted, basically, Marco Silva. Three failed managers who have spent a lot of money. This one, this next appointment, you know, reports again are suggesting that it's Mercedes, going to be Mercedes' final say. Again, I'm sure he'll, he'll take advice from you know, other members of the board, and hopefully Marcel Brands, but he's got to get this right, hasn't he? Well, there's two points I've got to make. The first point I've got to make is with the three managers, the um, point you've just made. To be fair, I'm going to actually cut him some slack here, so bear with me. Okay. When he gave Ronald Koeman the job, I was 100% behind that. I thought he'd done really well with Southampton, he was a big name, played aggressive football, and I was happy with him. The fact that that fell apart, I don't think it's Mishiri's fault at all. At the end of the day, if it's Steve Walters or Koeman, between the two of them, they made an absolute mess of buying players. And that, that's not Mishiri's fault. He put the money up. So for me, Ronald Koeman was a failure in the end, but there's no way we could have known that because, you know, even if I go back in time now to that situation, I, he was the man I wanted, number one choice. I was made up and we got him. Secondly, Sam Aldice, he came into five fives. He kept us up. So in a way, he did his job. And then he sacked him exactly at the right time. So I don't think he handled that one that badly either with hindsight because who knows what could have happened that season with the squad we had, which I think is a lot worse than the one we've got now. And yeah, the silver one headhunter, but it's not... We I don't want to start kidding ourselves and go into this thing or, or it was awful, it was like the Mike Walker days. It didn't work out with silver, but that wasn't without some good points. That wasn't without some plus points and it didn't work out in the end, but he wasn't a disaster, I don't think. I don't, I don't think that's fair. So I'll give him a bit of slack on that. In terms of Marcel Brands, he is there to make football decisions and he's at board level now as well. So it makes you wonder what he's actually doing if he's not getting more involved in this. Don't get me wrong. He might be interviewing, headhunting, and then Machiri has the final say, which is well within his right to do. But it just, you've got to wonder as well what managers come in. Especially if it was Moyes. I mean, I don't want it to be, but if it is, he's never worked with the director of football at Everton. He was in complete control of Everton. So mm. I don't know how that dynamic would work. So he's on the board now. So it's, it's, it's it's hard to see him getting moved on, but you wonder what the setup of the team is going to be, depending on who comes in with Marcel Brands. Because, like Gary said, then he hasn't covered himself in glory with all of the transfers, although he's made some good buys. So, I just think it's a difficult one with him, and time will only tell. Yeah, I I agree. It's just 
It's just a tough... It, because, he, like you've just said before, they've got to get it right this time. And, and is it going to be someone who, who Brands likes who's going to, you know, play it this, the same way he wants us to play so that the players will fit the the sort of philosophy again? Or, or is the manager going to say, no, look, I want this type of player. I, I want to play this way, so you get me the players the way I want to play. Um, it just depends how much control Brands has got. It just really. muddies everything, doesn't it? Yeah, really? I mean, I, I, personally, I don't like a director of football. I think the manager should decide who he wants to buy and like all this coach um, he's, he's the coach he coaches the players I buy no it's my team I'm, I'm managing it so I'll buy the players I, I want to buy Um, so I think it'd probably make it easier if we didn't have brands there to be honest we could get a manager who want, who's going to manage the whole the whole club himself but I don't know I, I said before I'm a bit lost for words on the whole thing really and I, I know out of the people that, that are on the shortlist I would like I wouldn't like Moyes, but I think he's the best out of a sort of a bad bunch, really, at the minute. Um, but other than that, I'll just wait and see what happens, to be honest. Well, as I've probably finished the podcast off over the past couple of weeks with the exact same phrase, we will watch this space. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen over the next couple of days. A new manager may be installed. David Moyes. Sooner, <laughs> yeah, rather than later. But we do know that we have got a match coming up on Sunday against Man United. Um, we won't go into that now because plenty of podcasts on the Royal Blue Channel that will preview that game. But um, Ben, thank you for coming on. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Gary, thank you for coming Same. on. Same, thanks for having um, me. Good stuff from you guys as always. Um, just remember to subscribe to the Royal Blue um, podcast channel on iTunes and Acast, and there you will find the View from the Gala Street fan podcast. Thank you for listening and uh, appreciate it. You've been listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.